Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday Takes on Takes edition of the show. 48 hours away from the NFL season kicking off. Life is good, Kyle. Welcome. I just came up with a fantastic statistic to start everybody's Tots Tuesday with. Blow our minds. 50% of the first-round picks in Houston Texans franchise history have been named to at least one Pro Bowl. Oh, okay. Is that good? Seems pretty solid, doesn't it? Yeah. 50% of the first-round picks you've ever made. Yeah. And that statistic will not change and go down. For another three years. Yeah, it won't. Because the Houston Texans don't have any more first-round picks. Well. Prayers up for Titus Howard, Pro Bowl well, offensive lineman, maybe. They they need Titus Howard or Will Fuller to make a Pro Bowl to increase that average. Yeah. Has Deshaun already made one? Deshaun is credited with a Pro Bowl, yes. Right. I think he went last year. He would have had to go last year. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. God, I'm stupid. <laughs> Kyle, speaking of Pro Bowls, uh, got a somebody's wanting to cash one in here, brother. You want this first one? Want me to give it? Because then someone's got to do the second one. Um. Oh yeah, Let, we're both gonna have to talk about Mister Thick Boys take at number two. Yeah, that's yeah, for yeah, both yeah, of yeah. us. All right, that's for both of us. Uh, why don't I give you the Jay Leggett take since you were such a big Jordan Leggett fan? Okay, you're dumb. He's on a team. Somebody picked him up. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. Pretty. The sure. dream continues for Joe Marino. I didn't like have him as a first round grade or anything. I just thought he had good hands. Yeah, good hands. He did. Good hands. He's on the Buccaneers. Oh well, guess what? He ain't gonna play. Yeah, well, when they trade Cameron Braid, he's gonna play a lot. He's gonna be no, a because that, that third, that third third tight end they have is a stud. Chill. Yeah, I know Jordan Leggett. Exactly. I, thank no. you. Thank you. What was it Hudson or whatever his name mm. is? Yeah, Jordan Leggett. This isn't even Jordan Leggett. He Jordan Leggett. Six or Jay Leggett sixty five has right. a his name could be James. I'm hoping it's Jordan. Please let us know what your first name is. Going to revisit an old take I had a while back. Which AFC East third round rookie pass rusher will have a better career, Winovich or Polite? Hashtag takes on shakes. Hashtag old takes at grinding the tape at the Joe Marino. Did he like include any evidence? No, for- no. Oh, so he's. I didn't know if he was dunking on us if one of us said polite, which I can't imagine that I would have. No, well, and our boards would reflect this, right? I had Correct. Chase Winovich is like a top 30 player. I'm pretty sure you probably did too. And I don't think either one of us did polite. So this would fall in line with the brand, what we thought. Um, obviously, here's the thing about polite is imagine if he did work out and imagine if he did give a shit because we right. saw a pretty good player at Florida in 2018 that – you, you look at him, you knew that he was really underdeveloped in terms of his muscular definition and body composition. 
And the draft process and racking up a hundred thousand dollars in fines in your rookie year in, in a few in months. Not even not even in his rookie year. Right. In four <laughs> months. Right. He gives zero shits and he doesn't care. He doesn't try hard. It's this is uh, I was having a good conversation with a friend of mine, Bruce Nolan. He said, he said, Ja'Kai Polite had the worst non-criminal, non-injury related draft season of all time. And I said, no, that makes it the worst of all time because it because wasn't at that least he had, if it was off the field, there was a, another reason for self-incriminating for flags. Right. Yeah. Something like he ran into trouble, wrong place, wrong time, broke his leg, something. No, he just was a lazy piece of shit. Drop the mic, Joe. Now, yeah. I had Polite 51 on my board and Winovich 28. All right. So, but again, I never had the opportunity to sit down in an interview with Ja'Kai Polite. But based on his on-the-field resume, right. right? You know, right. you'd say this is probably a day-two pass rusher. Clearly, he went in, in the second round for, or third round for the Jets. But that's kind of the luxury of the way that we we do. I don't want to say luxury, Joe, but we we grade players based on the information that we have access to. Right. And if we were in a situation, because we I had saw somebody gave feedback when the main account shared our reports on Jakai Polite. They said, "Well, you guys missed. You guys need to do better." Well. We didn't draft him. I wouldn't you know have drafted I mean? him. I wouldn't have. Right. And it's like, I can grade a player and say, yo, you know, this guy's really gifted on the field. But when it comes time to make a pick, like, I don't have the luxury of an analyst of just taking a guy off my board. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. Because then there's going to be a guy that somebody gets picked at the top right. 75 picks right. that I didn't do a report on because he was questionable off the field. Yeah. So he has talent. He just doesn't care. But the ranking that we, the rankings that both of us had on him and anybody in the draft space, not just us at the draft network, but anybody that had Jakai Polite like top 100, they didn't miss. They're just grading based on what's available. Right. Missed the thick boy. Jalen Hurts is QB5 now. I'm assuming after week one. Yeah. After Love and Eason. Did you listen to him both uh, after the game talking? Hurts? He, yeah, he was like pissed. I was, I, I was ready to run through a brick wall. We have three incompletions? Three? Yeah. He's out yeah, there, he, oh, he, just got to talk to my boys. we got to play better. Like, brother, he had brother. Twice as many touchdowns <laughs> as he did incompletions in that football game, and he's pissed off. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, he's going to make a lot of people buy into him. Sure, yeah. Because we, we knew he was going to show out. Yeah. But I was impressed with how decisive he was. Absolutely. First game in a new offense. Absolutely. He played really well. And yeah, he's he's getting himself into to the discussion. I mean, I think our top four quarterbacks are pretty well established. established. Yeah, I mean, you could fight about the the order, but then it's it's the Eason Hurts tier, right? I mean, primarily because there's not a whole lot else exciting in this quarterback class. Hot take. Yeah. There's another quarterback in this class. Okay, wait. Well, I got to work through this in my head right now. We have Tua, we have Herbert, we have Fromm, we have Love, we have Eason, we have Hurts. There's another missing, quarterback in this class. You're missing one. Is it obvious? Balled, balled out last week. Really? Yes. Junior, underclassman, not a senior. Really? Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm surely I've heard of this player. You have. I need to look he's at playing him. Pro, he's playing. He's he's playing one of the three biggest games in college football this weekend. Oh, Joe Burrow. No. <laughs> very so offended kyle krabs is by me saying that um 
Hold on. I got to look at. I'm looking at my in the goal. SEC. He plays. I've really come around on this player. You, he plays in the SEC. Yes. Plays for a coach that created or has recently put out a number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Oh my God. Uh, what? Oh, Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit, uh, he's a little bit denser than I thought he was. He's listed at six, three, two, two seventeen. Yeah. Um, He's got a live arm, and he will make – if you took his best 10 throws from 2018 and the first game of 2019, you could take those 10 best throws and hold it up against anybody in the country. Sounds like Josh Allen. He makes some <laughs> very questionable decisions. I like how he's willing to climb up in the pocket. Yeah. But if he feels like it, things get crowded around him, his, his base kind of deconstructs and his accuracy really wanes. He only completed 57% of his passes last year. But he balled out against Clemson last year, had a chance to watch that football game. Last night I watched that football game. I rewatched his first game in 2019 against Texas State. Yeah. The arm talent is very real on Kellen Mond. So if we add Mond to this list of at least interesting quarterbacks, and you think about guys like maybe Sam Ellinger, we got a pretty deep group, right? I mean, like it's it's compelling, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, all right. So is is Hertz top five? I mean, I got to see more for sure, right? Like, yeah, based on their complete resumes right now, no, he's not. I, I would have it. Herbert and Tua are tied, and I said in the summer that I would give the tiebreaker to the guy who I thought had more potential, which is Herbert. But if Tua plays like he did week one all week. He's going to be one, the period. Uh, three for me is going to be between Jake Fromm and Jordan Love. Five for me right now is probably Eason. I was really encouraged by the way Jacob Eason played. Yeah. Uh, in, in their debut against Eastern Washington. And then I would probably have uh, Mond and then Hertz. But they're in the same tier. I think five through seven are on the same tier. The, the thing about the Fromm-Love discussion is it comes down to ceiling and floor, right? Yes. And it's fascinating. It's like, well, uh, do you want the guy with the big upside that might completely suck or the guy that is going to be exactly what you're getting? What you see is what you get. You know exactly what you're going to get with him for better and for worse. Oliver Oliver says Super Bowl 54 will be the highest scoring Super Bowl with both the Eagles and Chiefs scoring over 40 points in the game for the ages. Also, Carson Wentz will win Super Bowl MVP. Sounds like yesterday's show. I'm wondering when did we get this take? Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Okay, so he's he's clearly on board. And what I tell you, Joe, you tried to make the over under in this line like fifty four and a half. Says fifty three and a half, and I stand by it. Pound the over. I think this is a good take from Oliver. Yeah. Okay, take from Doctor. <laughs> That's what his name is, man. I love. Oh, it. Is there more here? Or did oh, you it's just Doctor, man. Even if Zeke misses the first six weeks, he still will rush for 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns when he gets back. Hashtag Joe hates the Browns. <laughs> um, so that's 10 games to get 1,000 yards? I mean, Zeke Elliott has the most rushing yards per game in the NFL since he's entered the NFL. Zeke Elliott's also the 29th best running back in the NFL. I'm not, I'm not doing this right now. You, you don't want to engage in that conversation? No. Well, I don't think he's going to miss the first six weeks. I don't think he will. 
So, but if he does, yeah, give, I'll take it. I'm, I'm taking this. Yeah. Now, hold on. I, I got some stats here to back you here. Okay. Thank you. Um, They're really Zeke not. Elliott in his first three years in the NFL. Yeah. Has rushed for 108.7 yards per game. Yep. 98.3 yards per game. Uh-huh. And 95.6 yards. Getting worse every year, huh? Getting worse every year, but he'd be right on the cusp of yep. like one more explosive play gets you a thousand yards in ten games. And Travis Frederick is back. Let's go. Yeah. Give me give me it. Sign me up for that. Lock it in. Otto says Jerry Jones will leave Jerry World at the end of the third quarter in the divisional round and personally drive the Brinks truck to Norman, Oklahoma and hire Lincoln Riley. Mm, this would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is Lincoln Riley I mean, I think the big thing here is from Lincoln Riley gonna coach in the NFL. Uh, he has to at some point, right? Like he might hang on until he wins a natty. Yeah. But, I mean, at give him some ten point, years, a hundred million. Jerry, right, give him that, ten that, years, a hundred million. Let's see what happens. Give him the Gruden contract. Would you though? I I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't. You are so freaking stuck. Well, you have to commit to a very progressive style of play that you know the NFL is only recently opening its mind to. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Not a chance. If if there was a team right now that you could pinpoint Lincoln Riley to go to, and it would be the perfect fit, Dallas. Who would it be? Dallas. You don't think Cleveland with Baker? Man, if, and those and those receivers. Don't you think if that was going to happen, it would have happened this year? Well, no, because Haslam wanted continuity with sure. Baker and and Freddie Kitchens. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I see the appeal there. I don't know that Baker needs Kiffin, though. You know what I mean? Or not Kiffin, Lincoln Riley. Does that make sense? No, to you? Think, I'm not saying I'm not saying he does either. But. Right. So you got to go to a team that just could, could lose all that money and nobody would care. And, and Haslam obviously could. Right. There's no. Oh, question. So you're looking. You're looking at it from the economics. Yeah. Standpoint. Like the Bengals can't do it. From a personnel standpoint. What about from a personnel standpoint? Yeah, it's it's probably because I agree, I agree I agree with what you're saying that like financially speaking, if we're talking about a John Gruden type contract, there's yeah. like five teams in the NFL that can afford right. to do it. Right. What about what about the Ravens? What about wouldn't that be fun? It would. What about the Panthers? Dave Tepper's the see, richest owner in the NFL. Yeah, see, this is the kind of conversation I was hoping we would get into. All right, that's well, a got, really fascinating candidate. Well, I mean, talk about resurrecting Cam, and they've got, I mean, they've got those receivers like yeah, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. Moore. And Curtis Samuel and Kirsten McCaffrey. McCaffrey out of the backfield. Let's go. Give me Lincoln Riley in the QC. That'll sell some you can, I You can sign me up for that right now. Yeah, that'll, brother. Dave Tepper is a man that wants to make some cash. All right. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. I tried. I thought about saying that, but then I knew it was going to come out bad, so I just, I just didn't. But uh, Dave Tepper is about some dollar signs, brother. And if Ron Rivera doesn't prove some shit this year, he's gone. Give me Lincoln Riley in the QC. That might even get Kyle Krabs to move to the area. Yeah, I'd be in. I'd move. <laughs> Leave the wife no behind. Asked. I'd go live in Lincoln's uh, shed in his backyard. Yeah, yeah. Here for it. Okay, so here's a hot take from JJ. No, it's turned in by JJ. Oh, I see what it is. Yeah. Gotcha. 
No, there's two here. Oh, and the geez. first one's from JJ. Yeah, that that was <laughs> You you put this list together. I know, I scrolled a little far. Let's go. Okay, so JJ says, here's a hot take. If Jason Jacob Eason plays at the same level he did in week one, he will easily, easily, Joe, become QB two due to pure arm talent and prototypical size for an NFL quarterback. No, I'm I mean Justin Herbert's still in this class, and I think that you get everything you want. Like trait for trader is very similar, but you have you don't have the question marks with Herbert. So I, I think Herbert's still QB two. I agree. Now I could probably get on board with QB three if Eason plays the way he did against yeah. Eastern Washington, which is a very big if. Yeah. He's got big time. Ta- It'll be fun because we'll get to see him against Oregon, who has a good secondary. Oh, they they've got a they've actually got a pretty tough stretch of, of games this year. They got like Stanford, Oregon, USC, and Utah this year. Let's go. Utah will be that's see, we got some there we're gonna go. find out some things about Easton. Yep. All right. This is Emmanuel Hall. Yes, the wide receiver turned in by JJ. Kyle Krabs ready for some philosophy here. I'm very excited. If you think about it, there is only so many personalities in the world. Everyone you meet is just a recycled version of someone else that you've already met. Hashtag stay woke. Have you ever met Another person like me. No. I've never met another man like Joe Marino. Because <laughs> most people, like, I figure out how to push the buttons. I'm an instigator at heart. Right. But Joe Joe does not give me that satisfaction. Very rarely, and it's only when I attack Bill's Mafia. Yeah, but I'm, I'm learning there, too, you know? Yeah, you've not, dis- you've not engaged me. I won't. I won't. I don't think this is a good take. I don't think it's like it's a bad take. Everyone's everyone's really unique and into, like I don't know. I've met a lot of people in my life, and I've never been like, oh yeah, you're the same person as this. Like, come on. Well, it's like they say, like every snowflake is different, right? Yeah. Like wow. the, no two snowflakes are shaped exactly the same. They all have their own little imperfections, or they might have the general same outline. I think people are the same way they have their own little idiosyncrasies and, and quirks and i don't think emmanuel hall has a career in philosophy when his football career is over yeah you know look uh be helpful if he can get his hands aligned to catch a football that that would help oh, him dear. yeah oh, as a dear. wide receiver in the nfl take from joey because i ain't touching emmanuel hall's hands <laughs> he's <laughs> Houston giving up two firsts and a second for Tunsil was driven by Houston looking at the Lux situation, looking at their post-draft offensive line, looking at Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson shrugging back at Houston and saying, can you blame him? Yeah, I think we could draw a lot of parallels between what's happening in Houston and what's happened in Indianapolis and some fears that could exist there. I'm not going to say it's the root cause. I think you have to really think about Bill O'Brien as probably the lead GM of their seven or eight GMs they have. And realizing that this is about him keeping his job for a long, long time. And he probably saw this as the best way to do that. And hopefully Houston, if they're going to be smart as a football team, will hire a GM and GM will play his role and the head coach will play his role. But I think this is is as much driven by job security for Bill O'Brien as it is some fears that uh, were revealed from examining this Colts situation. I have a question regarding the Colts real quick. Yeah. How many wins – do the Colts need or do the Texans need in 2019 for Bill O'Brien's job to be safe for another year? Well, he set the bar high last year, right? 11 and five. This football team was one. Yeah, right. That's what oh. I mean. It's kind of like a weird dynamic yeah. because you could see some regression here from this. Team. You couldn't. I mean, remember Clowney's not here anymore, right? 
So that's a big piece to lose on defense, an important piece for them. That's been really good for the last three years and really good last year. Um, and there's no like clear, oh, this is the replacement. I mean, I like Duke edge of four as much as the next guy, but he ain't clowny, right? So uh, you're relying on some health at receiver, right? I mean, some of those guys around Deshaun need to stay healthy. And the running back situation has some question marks. I know they brought Hyde and Johnson and I don't know if they have a clear path to winning 11 games this year. I mean, we predicted them to do pretty good, right, in our in our ten scenario. Yeah, yeah, 10 and 6. Okay, so the simple question is what what does he have to do to keep his job? What what's the the floor? Yeah, what's the floor for Houston to be like 9? Yeah, wins. you know, you just totally compromised our entire longevity of roster construction and you you won less games than last year, but we're still going to keep you on. They've been pretty committed to him. I, I think I think as long as he wins eight or nine games. If they have a losing season, he's toast. It's not going to be good. And I understand their, their ownership situations in flux right now too, right? Yes. So, I mean, that, that, th- this reminds me of one of your variables. Yeah. Play. When the bills ownership situation was in flux a little bit, you saw some funky stuff out of that front office too. You know, guys just kind of positioning themselves to stick around. Right. So stuff happens, unfortunate, but I think as long as he has a winning season, he'll be around. You get the next one here. It's from Michael Christopher. Is this another, another Texans take? Yeah, another Texans take. Uh, the Texans, a.k.a. Bill O'Brien, just backed themselves into a corner if they don't win this year because who will want to be their GM when they gave so many premium picks away next year and the year after? Mike Mackigan is the next GM of the Texans. I do think they will have a very difficult time. Yeah, you think- They keep trying to draw this connection to uh... – this Patriots guy, right? Yeah, was it Casero? I can't remember his name. Nick Casero. Um, but this has been like the third straight year, and it seemed like it was going to happen this year. And then they were like, Houston got busted for for talking to him illegally or tampering or something yep. like that. And they they had to like eventually, essentially say, "All right, well, we're we're not going to talk to you for a year." Um, would you want that job? Yeah, I would. You would want the Houston Texans job. Yeah, and let me tell you why. I, first of all, there's only 32 of these jobs, right? So sure, I get that part yeah. of it, yes. Yeah, but well, if you flop, what are the no, – you it, have to work real hard to get a second shot. Yes. But you might only the, get one shot. Here's the deal. Let me let me get – I do think, they're, number one, that's important, right? It's a very unique, rare job in the world. Number two, you have a quarterback, right? You have a quarterback you can believe in, Deshaun Watson. Number three, everybody knows you don't have the draft capital. I mean, you, that can't be used against you. What have you? What are you going to do moving forward to, to take advantage of a ton of cap space? Right, that's the flip side of this. They have tons and tons of cap space. What do you do with that? And how do you land some pieces throughout the draft that makes up for the talent that you're not going to get by not having those first round picks? You have to remember the Texans don't have a first round pick next year, but they kind of do. And his name's Laramie Tunsil, and that's a good pick. So now I just need to recoup a one and a two, right? Well, no, because. You have to pay Tunsil. Okay, I have cap space. Most cap space in two years, and in two and two years, you're gonna have to pay Deshaun. Okay, I want to. I want to pay Deshaun forty million a season. That's why I drafted right, him. You just then you then you just lost fifty five million dollars in cap space between two players, and you have a second round pick between days one and two of the twenty twenty draft. And you have a third round pick in the first two days of the 2021 NFL draft. I'm going to hire Kyle Krabs to be my director of scouting. And we're going to get good players on day three, Kyle. We're going to be just fine. 
I just think I think this team, and especially we talked in the pre-show about what their last couple of draft classes look like. Right. Time to right the it, ship. No, this is going to be a hollow man roster. You got to give me time. You got to give me three, four years. Well, you does the league work like that consistently? It has to in this scenario. It has. Does to. it? Does it work like that though? Not always. But I got to back myself. And I take the job. I'm saying I would rather punt on the Texans' job, and I would rather find another opportunity to GM a different team. What GM jobs are going to be available soon that you'd rather have? Like realistically, if I pass on the Texans' job, it's because I can believe I can get job X. What one? All right. Well, let's pull up the NFL. <laughs> Team. We're getting some sidetracks here today, but this is good. Well, I think this is a really compelling conversation. But like, yeah. I would if I were going to take my shot as an NFL executive, and I had my first opportunity to take a GM job was the Houston Texans. Right now, I do not want it. Mm. I would pass. Okay, Jacksonville. You just locked in yourself to freaking Nick Foles for the next three yeah, years. I don't think I want Jacksonville either. All right, so that's potentially available. What about San Francisco? <laughs> it should be. What has John Lynch done that's been good? Like, what's that's what's what worked I mean. out for him? Like, we got to see how things materialize with their <laughs> with their defensive line investments, and like they they, but they have like some really good foundational pieces, I know. right? Yeah. Well, I, okay, I take San Francisco over Houston. Okay. So that we got that one working for right, but we're, not, we're, even, not even to say that San Francisco is going to be an open job. Right. But if San Francisco wins four games again, like somebody's getting canned, you're not taking and Washington, think, right? Washington could be available. No, I don't want to work with that ownership. No, no, that's a hard pass every time. Here's a question for you about San Francisco, real quick. Yeah, who's done a better job in in San Francisco, John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> that's fascinating. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's 10 and 30, 10 and 22 as head coach for two seasons. I think Shanahan's done a better job than Lynch has. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Yes. A lot so of miscues Kyle, from Lynch. Keep Kyle Shanahan and let me take John Lynch's gig. So that would be the attractive one. Is there any other that popped to you? Is, you know, the Bengals aren't going to hire a GM. They, they, that's just not what they do. Uh, I wouldn't want that one either. No, I wouldn't either, but I'm just trying to think of I what. Want to, I would not want to work with the Brown family on a, on a day, uh, day-to-day basis. I mean. The, how do we feel about the Broncos job? <laughs> how do you fire John Elway? How do you do it? Same way you fired John Lynch. You tell him you don't want him anymore. John Lynch didn't play for the 49ers. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> got a big that, difference here. It's got one at, couple some point, at some point, John Seat has got to get hot. I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, sir. What about um, Carolina? Oh, I'd gobble, I'd gobble that job up. Of course, absolutely. That might be the most attractive one we have right now. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to think D- Dave Tepper. Like he's had, he's going to have two years of of examining these operations, and he's going to want to have his stuff in place if he doesn't believe in it. And I don't see a course for Carolina to like have a, a a type of season that makes you believe. Oh, we got we got the right guys, and I like Rivera. Yeah. I do. I think Ernie's done a good job too, but there's a dynamic. You have an ownership change dynamic like that, yeah, and he's going to facilitate. I think Carolina might of the teams that potentially could have a GM opening. I think Carolina might be the most attractive one. All right, so if we if we believe these three opportunities exist next year, San Francisco, Carolina, 
and Houston. Obviously, Houston's last, but I'm not going to pass it up. Dead last. I'm not passing it up. All right. Well, then I'll make sure my team calls your team and we can make some business happen. <laughs> Thanks. See if I, mean, I can't pry away a couple uh we're not trading any valuable, draft picks. valuable young talents on rookie contracts since you won't be afford be able to afford to pay. Let's them have a deal. Let's go. Let's have a negotiation. I'm the GM of the Texans. You're the GM of the Panthers. Let's go. What do you want? Justin Reed. No. Hang up the phone immediately. Get out of here. Why, man? You got two 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 day one and two picks over the next two years of NFL drafts. You got to pay Laramie Tunsil and you got to pay Deshaun Watson. I'm identifying the the nucleus of my roster going forward, and I have a, a really exciting young piece in Houston. And Justin Reed, and I'm not well, – he's, he's staying. So you're not even going to listen to the offer. You're just going to hang up the phone. Irresponsible. I'll listen. Bad I'll, GM. I'll, I'll listen. All right. You, I, 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 I'm going to sell a little bit here. I need some draft capital. All right? Uh, I understand that. I All right. That. I need some draft should we, capital. Should we finish these takes? We should. We should do this another okay. day. All right. Um, Attila. Yeah, Attila. All fired up about Bo Nix. Figured yeah. you'd get this one since you're a big Bo Nix fan. Yeah, thanks. Bo Nix will win the Heisman. This is all capital letters. Bo Nix will win the Heisman before he leaves Auburn. Yes, I'm tweeting this directly after their game. What an adrenaline rush. <laughs> I don't think Bo Nix was very good in that game. Like, at it's all. Not. What it's a not. Mike Kist had a great tweet. He says, uh, <laughs> what'd he say? He goes, Bo, Bo Nix is out here sucking water through a fire hose with a straw. He'd struggled, man. He, I know yeah. he had that really good run, and obviously the, the throw at the end worked out, but, that, I mean, that was a bad throw. If that safety gets his head around, that's picked off. Um, it worked. I mean, I get it. He loves this, this the situation. He's talented. His dad was a quarterback there. I get the appeal. And, I look, Oregon – as your first game of your college career is no small task, right? He's going to get better, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking at the one game I've ever seen Bo Nix play and say this is a future Heisman Trophy winner. And Joe always takes the field. Always takes the field. Always takes the field. I don't understand this next take. Uh, no, I, I I think it's a good one. Is Taggart's? This comes from Josh Carlson. Is Taggart's sadness greater than Oregon's happiness? Close. Are you is are they talking about because Oregon doesn't have Taggart anymore? Yeah, because they were very upset when he left. Okay, I just didn't know because I was thinking like, well, Florida State lost, but then Oregon also lost this weekend. So what's yeah. the? I think it's the long term, the over the overview okay, so here. Just so just Taggart not being a part of Oregon's operations. Yeah. Um. Big win for Taggart. Oregon. Taggart's real sad. <laughs> didn't have a team hydrated. You see that crap? Didn't have his team hydrate. Yeah. The home team in Florida in August was ill-prepared to play a home game. Against a team from Boise, Idaho. Against a team from Boise, Idaho, who was supposed to play a quote-unquote neutral site game that got moved to Florida State's home stadium, and they still lost the football game. (laughs) There was a moment I was like, oh, this this offense looks kind of good. And then I'm like, uh, I think Boise's going to come back, and then they did. Thirty-one to thirteen, man. And then against a, a true freshman quarterback, too, right? Five and seven in his first year follows it up with a home loss to Boise State in Week One. With a true freshman quarterback, yeah. I'm not a big tiger. Curtis guy. Weaver looked good, though. He sure did. Yeah, Curtis Weaver. Oh man, yeah. game record, Curtis. Weaver. Cam Akers looked Bull, good. Cam Akers. Bull Bittler. Bull Bittler. Yep. Here. The Giants would have been a better hard knocks team than the Raiders. I, I, 
I don't hate this. I don't hate this take. I, I haven't loved the Hard Knocks with the Raiders. It's been interesting. Gruden makes it interesting. But I think of any – Yeah, it's just of any year that I've ever watched Hard Knocks, which I absolutely love, I, I feel like this has been the least, like, captivating. And my wife and I love to watch together. She she like, she like really dug the Rams series and the Browns and uh, – was it year before that? Like Buccaneers or something? Uh, and and she really loved them. And, like, she's like – do we, you know, like not even prioritizing watching it. So, uh, is, is some of this, is there a gag order here? You think, you think Oakland's having feedback on what gets put out because there's no shortage of compelling storylines with the Oakland. I know it's just too much Antonio Brown. Maybe it's because the Antonio Brown was covered so much outside of it. We didn't get anything new there. Yeah. I, I, it's just, I don't know. It just didn't, it's not as captivating as it normally is. I will make you one guarantee before we move on. Yeah. No one in America enjoyed Hard Knocks more than Antonio Brown because it was all about Antonio Brown. Maybe that's it. It's just like, he's not really likable either, right? You don't like, you don't like hear his story and be like, wow, I really just hope this grievance works out. And I'm really happy that he's away from the team and creating it. Like, it's not, he's not, you don't want to root for him. Yeah, I'm I'm all for players kind of establishing leverage for themselves and protecting themselves financially. But like Antonio's had so much extra stuff on top of it that I'm just yeah. like, dude, stop. Yeah. All right, here we go. Getting towards the end here. Charlie Gross, fellow Grand Island native. I don't know if he's a native. He just lives there. I was I'm, that's where I'm from as well. Truly is better beverage than White Claws. I can answer this question after one of the two companies decides to sponsor draft dudes. Yeah, I agree. I will not say anything incriminating. Whichever one sponsors draft dudes will be my favorite. Correct. Mr. Panchilla. Pan. Is it what? Pancina. 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 Mr. Pan. Pancina. Mr. Pancina. This is a tattle take on Joe Marino. I have nothing to hide. All here. of these tweets coming out in a span of 60 seconds. <laughs> Bo Nix's horrible accuracy is a PI call waiting to happen. Followed by that was a good throw on the game winning. Was it, was it the game? No, it was that outbreaking pattern to the sideline that put him in position for that, that next throw. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Cause I remember you just saying that, that, and you're not wrong. That touchdown pass was not an accurate ball. You're welcome. Auburn. Yeah, because I the the like the first drive of that series, and after watching him the whole game, I'm like, he doesn't hit his spots, and he forces these really weird adjustments for his receivers, and I'm like, these DBs aren't even trying to get PI calls, but they're going to because of just how erratic his ball placement was, and I'm like, this is gonna they're gonna matriculate the ball down the field by a bunch of crap PI calls, like I'm thinking like Philippe Ray Franks or that Miami uh, the last series of that Miami game. Against yeah. Florida, we're like, oh, my God, P.I., P.I., P.I. I was waiting for it. And then I was like, oh, that's a very good throw. Like, it got him in, in range. And then I'm like, oh, well, of course, I had to tweet something, which just right on cue, Auburn had to go win the football game. But um, that happens at least once a month to me. I'll be live tweeting a game, <laughs> and I'll have a take, and then it will just immediately go sour. Yeah. My process was good, though, Kyle. My process was good. Joe, I'm, I'm going to attempt to take one big trip this year for a game. All right. And I'm going to attempt to go see Bo Nix. 
Why? Because they're going to host Alabama. Oh. Credential win- credential application went in last night. All right. We're rooting for you. We've we been to Auburn, to Alabama. It doesn't, doesn't look that great. Well, we haven't been to the stadium. I'm sure that is very great. Send me your T's and P's that I get good news on that credential app. Sent. Appreciate it. We're going to send a mock draft. Are we splitting it? Did we decide? Uh, so we're going to do line bets on Thursday. It'll go fast if we try to do 32 picks in one show. I mean, it'll, it'll go long. We'll have, it'll be a long show. It'll be a 40 minute pod. Maybe. Well, we just did 36 minutes and counting today. Yeah. So wanting to negotiate that trade with you though, you know, let's, let's do full send. Let's do the whole thing tomorrow. We'll do, we'll do quick. All right. All right. All right. 32 uh, picks. I would say 32 teams, but there's only 30 teams with first round picks already this year with Miami and Oakland already having two. So uh, we're going to go full send on that tomorrow. Come back and see us. Thanks as always for listening to the draft dudes podcast. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.